I always find myself like, there's this set path. And then there's, oh, Kelsey is carving her own path. And I just have learned to trust that and to stop trying to go to the path that already exists. It's just not for me. I'm here to bushwhack. That was Kelsey Abbott, a human design reader and certified professional coach. I heard about Kelsey and about human design from a colleague of mine who told me, yeah, I didn't get it at first either until I had Kelsey do my chart. And I was curious about the human design framework and about how Kelsey bushwhacked her career path from marine biology to science writing to triathlon coaching to this work that she loves. Hi, I'm Lara Dolch, and you're listening to She Knows the Way, a show about deciding what's next when doing what's expected no longer feels right. If you're new to human design, I'm right there with you. When I first heard about the human design framework, I felt like it was a little too out there. It combines elements of astrology, the chakra system, the I Ching, and other alternative philosophies to help people tap into their natural ease and insights. But if I'm being honest, there's also a part of me that was kind of fascinated by it. The part of me that understands that there are things that we know to be true, even if we can't prove them the part of me that owns a tarot deck. When we're faced with a tough decision, it's easy to turn to lists, to research, to what has worked before. But what do we lose when we ignore other ways of knowing, like intuition? And when we start to take them seriously, what do we gain? Kelsey is an interesting person to talk to about stepping off the expected path, because she feels like she was never really on a path to begin with. I remember I picture myself outside my elementary school. So I have this really specific memory of feeling like everyone else had these blueprints and I didn't. I felt like my theme song was that Sesame Street, like one of these things doesn't belong. I was so sure that song, I still am pretty sure that song is about me. This feeling of sticking out stuck with Kelsey through high school and college. In college, she studied psychology, art history, and biology. And then, when it came time to apply for jobs, she sat down across from a career services representative who really, really wanted her to pick a path. He was like, do you want to go to med school? No. Do you want to go to law school? No. Uh, Do you want to work in finance? And that was a hell no. (laughs) And then they were like, do you want to teach? (laughs) No. So finally, they're like, vet school? And I was like, I feel like you're out of options, so I'll say yes to this one. So I I went, I did an internship studying dolphin cognition and behavior and vet medicine. Then I bounced around, went to graduate school and studied killer whales. After graduate school, Kelsey took a job in Washington, D.C., working for the federal government at the Office of Protected Resources. She describes this as the job that she was supposed to do. Basically, if you were a marine biologist and you weren't working at sea, this was the right job to get. But when she would walk into her office building downtown, she remembers feeling like she did in elementary school all over again. I feel like I'm wearing a costume and it's awkward. Like I don't even, the costume doesn't fit. 
you know, wore a button down shirt and I still, I was wearing chacos on my feet. I couldn't bring myself to actually wear like work shoes. And I even remember, so this is DC where people are wearing gray and navy and black. And, and one day, and I had this hot pink button down shirt. And somebody told me once in the elevator, she was like, oh my God, thank you so much for wearing that. You've brightened my day. And I was like, you're welcome. You can do it too. But the bright pink button-up and the Chacos could only do so much. Not even a year into her job, Kelsey was already feeling drained. I hated it. I did environmental impact statements and I felt like I did a lot of writing thousands of words to say something that could have been said in one to two sentences. And every meeting I could, I was like, let's do this walking. We, I got to get outside. I cannot tolerate this like gray carpeted cube all the time. Hearing Kelsey talk about how out of place she felt at work made me wonder about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, or imposter phenomenon, was identified in 1978 by psychologists Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes originally in high-performing women who didn't feel like they deserved the accolades they were getting. We now know that it shows up in all kinds of people in all kinds of roles, and for a variety of different reasons. And while the imposter feeling of not deserving praise is a little different from the out-of-place feeling Kelsey describes, they both deal with this core human fear that we don't belong. Yes, so imposter syndrome has never really resonated for me in my personal experience. Authenticity has resonated with me. That's what's behind everything. I just want to be me. I want people to see me as me. And what does that look like? Who are you when you're being you? Mm, I am somebody who does not have a plan. I am somebody, I am a human just like everyone else who's stumbling over my awkward puppy paws, just trying to figure this thing out. Just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you know what? I don't know anyone who does know what they're doing. And so that's why, like, the imposter syndrome doesn't really resonate. I'm like, no one knows what they're doing. But in D.C., at that government job, even if secretly no one else knew what they were doing, it did seem like everyone else fit. So Kelsey found other ways to be her authentic self outside of work. In addition to taking all her meetings while striding through the hallways and outside, she bookended her days with exercise spin class in the mornings, and swim practice after work. On weekends, she took off into the woods and went hiking. And sometimes, Kelsey would find a brief escape at the bookstore across the street from her office building. So around nine or ten months in, I'm perusing through Barnes & Noble, and I found the book, What Color Is Your Parachute? This book, What Color Is Your Parachute?, is a popular one, especially among people who are looking for jobs or changing careers. The guidance it offers is partially based on the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Framework, which is intended to help people better understand their personalities and strengths based on four key preferences, which are abbreviated as four letters. So there is an assessment in that book, and I took it, and I am an ENFP. So I read about being an ENFP and learned that I was not supposed to be in a cubicle. But then there were all these other types that are meant for that. So then like the next week we were in a staff meeting and I looked around and just kind of tried to guess at the types of all these people. And I was like, oh my God, they're all made for this. They love this. They can do it. I don't have to. I'm out. 
This realization hit Kelsey at an interesting moment in her job. She had originally been hired through a one-year contract, with no guarantee to stay on after that. But then a permanent version of her role opened up, and she had applied. About a week after she realized she wasn't meant for this job, she got offered a permanent role and a huge raise. And I said, no, thank you. And I quit. You make it sound so simple in that moment to quit. I suspect it wasn't. Or was it? I mean, maybe it was by that point. It was. It was for me at that time, the the beauty and freedom of the uncertainty and not working there. That's what I wanted. I knew it was miserable to keep doing that job. And people said to me, you're so brave. I couldn't leave. And I was like, it was scarier for me to stay than to go. So Kelsey stepped out into the freedom of uncertainty. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear about what Kelsey found amidst that beauty and freedom and how human design created a path of sorts for Kelsey where there wasn't one before. Hey there, it's Laura. Wanted to quickly pop in to let you know how much I appreciate your being here. I know there are a million podcasts you could be listening to, and I'm so glad you're spending time with us. If you're finding value in the show, we'd be grateful if you supported it by buying us a coffee. That's right. It couldn't be simpler. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash she knows the way to support our work for the price of a cup of coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com slash she knows the way. And thanks. Welcome back. When we left Kelsey, she had just left her job after a moment of insight she got while flipping through a career book. That moment of insight, when something she knew intrinsically about herself was affirmed, gave Kelsey the clarity she needed to leave her job. It also prompted her to look into other career options and develop a deeper relationship with her own instincts. And Kelsey's instincts were speaking up. I knew what really lit me up was talking about science and watching other people get lit up about learning scientific facts. So Kelsey started a career as a science writer. Which means I took scientific research and made it fun and funny and accessible. I wrote for a couple other outlets. Sometimes I wrote the boring stuff, but I had a science blog. If you still want to read it, it's malcolmmckay.wordpress.com. Circa 2010, I believe. Nice. Old um, you will learn a lot that... You didn't know you needed to know. <laughs> Kelsey was also coaching sports teams and teaching fitness classes on the side. And that led to teaching spin classes and coaching triathletes and personal training. Let me just pause here to say, I think it might be reassuring to some of you how meandering Kelsey's path has been. Kelsey has a startling level of decisiveness and knowing about herself. But that doesn't necessarily mean her path has been any clearer. I always find myself like, there's this set path. And then there's, oh, Kelsey's carving her own path. And I just have learned to trust that and to stop trying to go to the path that already exists. It's just not for me. I'm here to bushwhack. And so when the thicket was closing in around her science writing. I got offered these big opportunities. And one by one, there were three in a row. Each one said, we'll get you the contract in two weeks. And then two weeks later, they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. We just lost all of our funding. 
Kelsey took it as a cue to bushwhack a trail for herself over to life coaching. She became a certified professional coach. And along the way, she also started a podcast. And that led her to a whole new framework for her insight and intuition. So a guest on my podcast, the Find Your Awesome podcast, this was like two or three years ago, asked me, have you ever heard of human design? And I like kind of cocked my head like a puppy and was like, no. But I was also like, what do you mean? Like anatomy? Like, I don't, I had no idea what she was talking about. Right. Because you're a scientist, right? I mean, you come from a science background. So anatomy, sure. Yeah. And so I put in all of my information and out spits this chart that is like the profile of a human head wearing a tent. And there are all these different shapes and colors inside the, inside the tent human. And then there's boxes and colors on the sides. And I'm like completely baffled and not at all interested in this. So Kelsey did what we all do when we're baffled by something new. She Googled it. And she landed on a site that said, that Manifesting generators are warrior Buddhas. And I was like, oh, oh, like I felt that in my body. The term you just heard Kelsey use, manifesting generator, is what the human design framework labels Kelsey's energy type. So there's the energy type, which is generator, manifesting generator, manifester, projector, and reflector. Which So energy type is how we're supposed to dance with energy. And then there's the profile, which is how we're supposed to change the world. Like how, so we're each here to change the world and how we're supposed to do it. Much like when she read about her personality type in What Color Is Your Parachute, the more Kelsey read about her specific energy type and profile, the more she felt affirmed. From there, Kelsey jumped down the rabbit hole. And then that synchronicity thing started happening. And then I went to an event And someone said to me, oh, you're into human design. You must follow this person on Instagram. I'm like, nope, don't know that person, but now I do. Kelsey calls these moments breadcrumbs. Kelsey followed the human design breadcrumb trail to others who were more knowledgeable about it and whose perspective on it resonated with her. She deepened her own knowledge by seeking out a bunch of different practitioners or readers. And then she signed up for a course to become a human design reader herself. Now, reading people's human design charts is one way she offers coaching guidance to her clients. In fact, experimenting with human design as a coaching tool is part of what helped Kelsey settle her own doubts about the framework. Tell us a little bit about, did you have any original skepticism? And like, what was it about this framework that was like, "Mm, yeah, no, there's something to that. Yeah, I was totally not on board. I was like, this is crazy. But then as I started learning more about my chart... I was just like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. This makes so much sense. This, like, oh, so many people I wanted to say, I told you so too. And then I started, I was like, all right, so it's super true for me. Is it true for everyone else? So I started offering free 15-minute readings. And it resonated so deeply with every single person I did it with. One person changed his whole life as a result of that 15-minute conversation. He quit his job, started his own business, and he's super happy right now. Wow. Is that... 15 what, minutes. Has Have other people had similar experiences after talking to you? I don't know of anyone else who's just like on the spot, kind of quit their job, and the next day started a brand new business in a totally different industry. That's pretty extreme. He's yeah. the gold standard. Yeah. But I also want to say... Where I came to with human design is like, I own it. I'm like, it's completely out there. It's totally woo-woo. 
and it's super accurate and a super powerful tool. So I'm all in. Yeah. The reason that I'm curious about this is because I think, you know, especially for those of us, you know, I put myself in this category who are analytical and science minded and like to quote sources and, you know, all of the things, those skills are useful, right? In making decisions like analysis is useful. And <laughs> there are often points in our lives where that has limitations somehow that that approach has limitations. And so I feel like human design is one of those things that maybe fits in in a different way in terms of decision making in our lives. Can you talk a little bit about that? And and I see you nodding your head. Kelsey's nodding her head wildly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Human design gives us permission to listen to the wisdom of our bodies. Our bodies know the answers and our heads, I say our heads are for decoration. Our heads are beautiful and our heads are great at counting and solving word problems and other stuff like that. But the decision-making that actually comes from our bodies. So the first thing isn't human design related. It's just dropping into our bodies. It's getting out of our heads, just dropping into our bodies, which is not as hard as it sounds. Before I understood human design, what I used to do with my clients when they were totally spinning in their heads is like, okay, five squats right now or five push-ups. You can do them on your knees. You can do them against the wall, but I want you to be really mindful, really in your body and feeling like when you're squatting, feel your butt, feel your toes root into the ground, get into your body and then listen. For generators and manifesting generators, we have this center that says, holy hell yes or no. It's not going to tell you why. Anytime you have a, like the reason for something, it's coming from your head. But it's just like this full body, yes. You will feel yourself like lean in and be like, yes. You might feel, I call them joy bubbles running through your whole body. Just, yes, I want, I want that. We may not all refer to them as joy bubbles, which I love, by the way. But I get what Kelsey is saying. And I think this feeling she's describing is pretty universal. And this brings home the part of human design that I find especially interesting, this notion of ease, the idea that actually we don't always have to justify our feelings or explain why we think what we think, that it's okay to just know. Of course, letting ourselves relax into the ease of just knowing is easier said than done. Kelsey drew a helpful distinction here. You know, there's this thing, I think, in the personal development community and self-help, whatever you want to call it, where you know, it's like, yeah, once you know your type or, or, or whatever, your sign, whatever, everything's easy, right? All of a sudden, everything's easy. And that doesn't feel real to me. If you're in alignment with your human design, does that mean that you don't have to work hard? Mm -mm. No, there's a difference between ease and easy. And the way that my brain computes this is I think of last fall, I did a 100-mile bike ride by myself. And around like mile 95 or whatever, it was not easy. It was hard and it was ease filled. I wanted to be doing it. My body wanted to be doing it. And so there, there's like, that's where ease lives, but it doesn't mean you're not working. Things being easy, it just means you're not on the struggle bus. Because when you're on the struggle bus, you're pushing against everything. When things are ease 
filled. You are, you're in the flow. That's what I was going to say. It's flow. Like that's what's coming up for me is that idea of flow. And yeah, you're still working. I mean, that's sort of by definition, that's what flow is, is when you're mm-hmm. working in doing something that, that puts you in this state of that you're moving forward, but it feels easeful. I'm not defining flow very well, like not scientifically, but there is a definition. <laughs> well, so there is a definition and it's basically like finding something that it's got to be harder than you think you can handle, like more challenging than you think you're capable of doing, but not so hard that you're like, screw this and walk away, that you lose interest. So it's got to be hard enough that it keeps your interest. And that's the perfect place where we experience flow. Finding that sweet spot is a theme that comes up throughout the human design framework. And it's something Kelsey pulls into the rest of her life too, wherever she can, even her schedule. I can't tell you when I finally decided this, but I set work hours, essentially. Essentially, I work from 2 to 5 p.m. I train in triathlon. And so that gives me until 2 to get my workouts in and to get showered. Like And like I'll do little things like interspersed throughout that. And some days I'm done training by 1030. But knowing that I don't have to be a certain place at a certain time, that... It creates spaciousness for me. Yeah, that's totally, I'm the same way. I I mean, I need guardrails, but that sense of spaciousness, that's what I'm latching onto is that when you can create that feeling of spaciousness, however you do it for yourself, like that's when magic happens, you know? Mm-hmm. I was just reminded this morning of that phrase, which I am not going to quote directly, but it's basically like, do what you came to do and then leave space for magic. Throughout my whole conversation with Kelsey, she had been sitting in her office, framed against a red wall behind her with the word joy painted on it in bright white. At this point, you're probably not surprised to hear that joy is central to the way Kelsey moves through the world. But I was curious to know how she would explain why that is. Why is that there? Why is that so much a part of your world? Because we are all here to follow the joy. Because joy is our natural state, but we all forget that. We think that we're supposed to be miserable, we're supposed to be pushing through, but joy is joy is like our roommate. It's always there for us. I just went through this period of deep grief, and as I was in the deepest part of grief, joy was right there with me. It never leaves us. And it is our job to follow the joy. So you're like, I'm going that way. I don't know what's next, but I'm going that way. Maybe the concept of joy feels overly simple or difficult to grasp, especially with the state of our world today. But I'll admit, I needed this reminder that we're not supposed to be miserable and that even in tough times, joy is right there too, keeping us company, ready whenever we're ready to notice it. And so are our instincts and our wisdom. Often in what's next conversations, I hear a real hunger to reacquaint ourselves with parts of our identity that might be a little out there. I invite you to consider the possibility that those parts are exactly what you need to access in times of uncertainty. Maybe human design is the right way for you to do that. Maybe it's not. But I hope you stay curious about finding what works for you. Special thanks to Kelsey Abbott for speaking with us for this episode. If you'd like to connect with Kelsey, you can get in touch via her website, KelseyAbbott.com, or on Instagram at KelseyAbbottPC, or on her podcast, Find Your Awesome. 
She Knows the Way will be back with another episode in two weeks. We'll hear from Serpi Ratur, CEO and co-founder of Symbol, about how a colleague helped her recognize her own potential and how now, as a CEO, she helps others see their potential too. He just made a statement that just stick with me forever. He told me, you have a lot of potential, but you just lack opportunity. After that moment, I kept finding conscious opportunities and say, it's okay if I get rejected, I'll apply, I'll apply, I'll apply, and I'll keep doing it until I actually have a breakthrough. This episode of She Knows the Way was produced by Jennifer McCord and me, Lara Dolch. For more episodes, hit subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to stay in touch, follow me on Instagram at at Lara Dolch and sign up for our newsletter at laradolch.com slash podcast or by clicking the link in the episode notes. If you're finding value in this show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a lot and it helps other people find the show. And if there's someone in your life who is going through a job or life change or even considering one, please send an episode their way. Until next time, trust that you know the way.